And there we go. So this is the Creativity Talks with Crystal and Renee. And today we're going to be chatting with Justin Dealey, who is an actor. Justin, could you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Um, uh, wow, blank. I'm from, uh, I'll just start where I'm from. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, um, which is where I currently am, as, as we all have. I was here and then COVID happened, story in mind is I, I had um, I'd come back to my hometown to help a family business. So uh, currently still here. Um, um, but I, like I said, from Louisville, Kentucky, born and raised here, really. Um, grew up in a sports kind of world um, where I played it all growing up. And I had some success as an athlete um, in, in the football world and was mildly recruited, mildly. Um, <laughs> but I did go on to play college football at my hometown, University of Louisville, for a year. And when I was there, I, you know, when I was little, I, I fell in love with acting. I was like, I was nine years old. And my mother had taken me to see, a, my cousin was in a, like a high school play or something. And uh, uh, I remember it was a, well, going one night and then I asked my mom, hey, can we go again? And she took me. My mom always pushed me for the arts. And then the men in my family were like, he's a ball player. So <laughs> we, we, we do that. Um, so, um, yeah, so we went the second night and uh, I, I just was absolutely falling in love with, with acting. And when I got to college, you know, there was an acting classes offered for, and, and so a lot of the football guys, we, we took them for an easy A, but I just happened to really want to, was interested and just loved it. And football didn't work out. And I just had made a choice to leave football and um, get into the acting world. And, and that summer I, I had found a, a study abroad program, a Shakespeare program in, in London. Um, I think I was 19 at the time. And I went to London that summer. It was, um, and it was never looked back from there. I saw Fool for Love on, uh, I saw Juliet Lewis and Fool for Love in London. And then I saw a handful of Shakespeare plays at the Royal Shakespeare Company. And that was it for me. And I come back and, and graduated college three weeks later, was on a plane and my 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 journey began. So um, I, I don't know if that was long-winded or-, or Not at all, not at all. I love, actually that story reminds me of Glee. Are you familiar with that show? The main character- Did you say Glee? Glee, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No, I'm not familiar with that show. Okay, so the main male character is a football player who kind of gets like suckered into doing the Glee club and singing and dancing and then he falls in love with it. So it's kind of- Yeah, yeah, there, there's so many sim similarities to it. I mean, I think- one of the biggest ones is that the camaraderie that I experienced, uh, especially in theater, um, and and even 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 in the uh, you know I was very fortunate in finding a creative home, uh, LA. I think that's so important for young, well, whatever kind of artist you are, whether it's just young artists, to find a creative home, whether that's for actors or an acting studio that you feel safe to explore and, and to to continue to grow in your craft. If you're a singer, what have you, musician, um, you have to have a place where you can fail. Mm. And without it, you know, and when, when you fail, you, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to do. It's embarrassing. It's, it's very vulnerable. Uh, it's, I, 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 I oftentimes um, compare it to football because you, you go through things as a, especially a collegiate athlete, the training process is so rigorous that 
you, 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 you form a bond because you're with people that understand exactly what you're going through. And that's what, 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 you know, that's what joins the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what I experienced the first creative home in LA uh, with Michael Wilson studio um, that I found. And yeah, I was, I was hooked. I mean, I, I to this day, I still, it's what the theater and, and, and that's the, and finding those creative homes, which I still have today is what keeps me, you know, as artists, we, it's a roller coaster all the way. So um, it's about finding, finding ways to continue to, to get better in your craft. And that's the only thing that, that keeps you uh, motivated. Sure. So how was creativity perceived in your home? It sounds like there was a little bit of a, like the, the feminine versus the masculine perception. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say, I mean, you know, I'm from Kentucky, which has certainly its stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've often brought it up <laughs> to, to casting directors or producers or directors in my career and and they often you know which I don't think is fair they often take the stereotype and go oh god Kentucky which I don't think that's fair because Kentucky is a really wonderful place and it's my childhood was really wonderful truly I mean I, I don't have the I, I was comparatively speaking I, I had a very charmed childhood and very supported and loved childhood um, but in terms of that exploring exactly who you are, um, which is what art challenges you to do, um, and art, it's, it requires it of you to be an artist of any kind. If, you, if you're not honest with who you are, your art will be dishonest as well. Wow. Um, I, I would say that it's just, the reason it's not encouraged is because it's not believed that you can make a, a career out of it. Yeah. And look, I came back. So I was away for 13 years, LA for 12, New York for one, COVID happened. And I was amazed, you know, they, there's old, the, the Buddhist, I don't know, Zen Buddhism saying says, if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like I, you know, I came back not only to my hometown, but I came to work with my dad, which has been great, but it certainly has its, its, its challenges. And one of them is that you you come back to a place and everybody assumes you're the same person you were at 17, 18, even if they don't mean to. Mm-hmm. It's just people are it's used to patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the, the game here is, and, and you know, there's, there's theater communities in Louisville and there's people that are trying. And I, I've taught um, some acting classes here to, to try to cultivate that community that I, that I know is so important because I, I would, I, I, I would have loved to have had it at 17, 18, mm-hmm. you know, and I, there's a lot of talented people in Louisville um, that I've learned. Um, but what I've, one of the challenges here is I think, you know, what I've noticed is there is a sense of de- uh, desolation and desperation in turn around the arts. And, and what I mean by that is that I'll just use LA, for example. In LA, you're always driving around studios and there's agencies everywhere. And even if you're not working, you know it's possible because you're around it all the time. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not booking, even if you don't have an agent. Um, The same thing with New York, there's Broadway theater all the time. I mean, there's there's acting studios, there's there's all kinds of stuff. In Louisville, that doesn't exist. So people just go, oh, it's a dream. It's a dream that will never happen as opposed to a goal that I can obtain. And that's what I find to be really heartbreaking here. And I didn't know that's what I grew up under until mm-hmm. I just got now, I come back and I see it. And um, um, so, yeah, so it's, it's just challenging to make people believe, no, no, I can, 
I can make a living doing this and I'm going to do it. I know it doesn't look like maybe I'm a 37, maybe a 37. I'm not going to be where I might be in the corporate world at 37, right. but that doesn't matter to me. So. Sure. Well, but you did find some success when you were here before COVID. Um, unlike, you know, a huge percentage of people that do move from wherever to LA, never book anything. That's true. I mean, look, I have, I've had a very fortunate uh, career. I mean, I, a lot of that is... Um, Tell everybody where, what, you do, what you've done so that they know, in case they don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I, I, I took a chance out of college. I, it was December of my senior year of college, and I heard on the radio, back when people listened to the radio, um <laughs> there was a commercial that came on it was like advertising some like um like showcase thing and i thought that's uh, whatever and then i heard it three times the third time i heard it i was like okay well let's just entertain it so i reached out to the people i figured it out and i went in just to meet and i just took a chance i drove myself up to columbus ohio to do this um regional showcase thing Mm -hmm. and while I was there I happened to meet somebody um, who said hey I know a manager that might love you in LA if you're going to move to LA might uh, might be interested in at least meeting you and I thought okay great so I I, I followed a series of um, uh, just uh, synchronistic events that kind of took place that I just went with my intuition and gut I mean I know that sounds cheesy but i that's just how, how i what that's, happened to me and, and it led what creativity to, talks is all about oh well, great i mean i, I know i know i know that's you're in good that's company i know the artist way and the artist way has been a life-changing thing for me and, yeah. um the book and um so I, I i got out to la and i met i got a manager in like a couple of days which is rare that's so rare um and i just i was just really hungry and i just mm -hmm. I trusted the manager a lot, um, a woman named Deborah Linfenden at Discover Management, and she was really vital to me. I didn't know how fortunate I was until, you know, years later, and that you find someone, you know, there are a lot of snakes out there, man, mm. and um, that was not her, and I, she put me in touch with Michael Wilson Studio, and I, I just found a, a teacher early on that taught me what it means to have work ethic in, in the acting world, who introduced me to plays um, and put a uh, and basically just turned up the heat of the flame that was probably already lit the pilot light he just you know he just put it on high and I, I was fortunate to be around a, a lot of great young actors who today work all the time mm -hmm. and uh, about three years I, I was um, you know I auditioning quite regularly but not booking anything and then I did uh, I did a <laughs> My first big like anything role was a co-star on 90210, the new one, the newer one. And uh, I played a stripper, which at this time, I think it was the 20th time I had been in, roughly 20th time I had been in to see producers. And the audition was, <laughs> I don't think today they would ever do this, but the audition back then was they put on Britney Spears, uh, a slave for you. I'll never forget this. And I had 30 seconds and there was like seven producers in the room. And you basically had to strip, do like a strip dance on this chair. 
and I mean nothing. I just took my shirt off. It's not like I took my pants off or anything, but I just got basically got down to jeans and it made nothing. And in 30 seconds is like an eternity when you're doing it. Yeah, I can imagine. And I have no dance background, like none. Uh, I'm in fact a, a terrible dancer. I, I'm just not great. Whatever. I booked it booked the thing and I was like okay I, I, I did it and I got the thing and I had been in so many times it just felt like a, a, I kind of crossed the finish line mm -hmm. and then it just worked I did an indie film that summer and there was an opportunity that came um, for a for a role for a, uh, an 18 episode arc in the following season and I again I had just read The Artist's Way by Julie Cameron mm -hmm. Julie Julie Cameron right not Julia Julie. yeah Julia Julie. And I, I read that book and I just started doing it all. I mean, to this day, I still do morning pages. It's been wow. 2011, so 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I, I just bought in full, full boat to it all. And totally. it sounds cool. I mean, it, that book changed my life in so many ways. And mm -hmm. one of the things that happened shortly after was a role. I was doing some indie film in Michigan, uh, horror film called the wicked shameless plug and um i put myself on tape for this new role for this new character on that so no that it was like look i'm probably not going to get this because um i was just on the show as stripper guy or whatever whatever i was reading this book and it just kind of said go with it what's one of my favorite things she says leap in the net will appear mm. right and i just that was kind of my thing and I got that show and that show had booking that role changed a lot of things for me. And I was able to um, pour more money investing in my career and where I needed to grow. And, you know, I, I booked that and then I did drop dead diva for a couple seasons and I did geography club, which is a film that to this day is one of my most proud moments. And, um, um, and then also I was fortunate enough to do a play I, to do Macbeth in 2017 which is another thing I'm super proud of. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've booked up my share of guest stars and I got to do some, some great theater. And uh, it's been a very fortunate uh, ride so far. It's been full of ups and downs, obviously. Uh, and I just booked, uh, I just did, I just filmed Chicago PD um, a couple, which was the first thing I had done in five years. So that's the roller coaster ride I'm on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so you mentioned something about honesty in, in how you show up to life and how that translates over to your art. Can you elaborate on what that means to you? Um, yeah, um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, uh, there's this one great acting teacher, master teacher, one of the greats of all time, Stella Adler, and she's, she has uh, many books. But one line I uh, remember the most from one of them is the nature of life is a lie. The nature of stage is the truth. Mm. And one of the great things about reading of any kind, um, but reading especially fiction and, and reading plays for me, it's, it's, it's plays, is if you're not willing to go to the places that these writers ask you to go, which is, I mean, you know, it's, it's um there's, there's a phrase that i hear an acting teacher say actors go where angels don't tread 
Um, actors go where angels don't dare to tread. Mm. You just have to go to just the core of, you know, you can't be afraid to go to the, to the scary places. And yeah. in that, in reading, that's reading any great poetry or any great fiction, just, it just brings up stuff, you know, and if you're open to it, um, it's just part of growing up. It's part of growing as a person. And, um, and without it, you just, as an actor, you just act on top of it. Mm. And so if you don't know where it is inside of you, you can't, there's no way in your art it's ever going to come out. If you're, if you're not afraid, because the ultimate vulnerability is, is speaking from those places in your heart that are, wow. they're so terrifying that if you get rejected, that's what, that to me is what's so awful about rejection. When you're a kid, like kids are wonderful to, to watch because they just are so authentically them. Mm-hmm. But you get rejected enough in childhood or told you were crying too much or you're too angry and you're too this, you know, that has a, a buildup. And um, as an actor, I, you just act on top of it all and you, you never find, and I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of great teachers, um, with, well, three specific great teachers in the acting world, I mean, who, um, who have really just pushed me and encouraged me in a safe way to just explore all that stuff um mm-hmm. you know and i'm forever grateful to all of them the average the average person who's watching a, a play or a movie you know or some youtube show or whatever people don't realize what goes into that they don't realize what goes into a really well acted piece whether it's stage or film um and i i feel like you almost take it for granted until you see a poorly done show and then you go i don't know why that was so bad you have no idea what Mm -hmm. goes into an actor's training and i'm sure it's a lot like singing you know for someone to be able to sing that um you know perfectly seven nights a week twice on sunday all there's a lot of work that goes in that but then to sell the material the way the writer intended it and make you cry that's that's you know icing on the cake yeah yeah oh no doubt especially singers and i i learned so that's how I met Renee is that um, I was in an acting, my acting studio, Michael Wilson studio. And there was this wonderful actor named Bo Markov, who I always have admired because he always, he always did the things that scared him. And one of the things that scared him was singing and like songwriting. Or, um, at least this is what he told me. This has been years since we had this conversation, like probably a decade. Um, and he told me he had started, he started uh, taking singing lessons from Renee from this woman he said Justin you love her he's just you know that's how I met Renee and um because I had always I think the voice to me is always a very vulnerable thing I used to mumble a lot as a kid I used to um and you know when people who mumble it's just a defense mechanism for Mm -hmm. if you feel stupid it's just a way to kind of self-edit at least it was for me and uh I learned like singing to me I think is one of the most I mean, I can't even put words on uh, most beautiful art forms there is of yeah. the, the voice. Um, and I, I just wanted to learn. So I was, you know, I, and I learned I th- when I was just working, I thought, man, to do this seven days a week and twice on Sundays, man, it's like, yeah, just the, the amount of craft you have to have, mm-hmm. the amount of work uh, that it takes. Most people just don't work hard enough. Um, just it's that simple it's just it's a tremendous amount of effort and uh 
and hours behind closed doors that nobody will ever see and nobody will really ever care about, mm -hmm. um, you know. So have you used singing much in your acting career? Not in my acting career. I, I mean, I've, so I've, um, I've auditioned for things where I had to sing. Mm -hmm. um, but still one of the, again, one of the great, more prouder moments in my life is when Brene made me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was the first person that ever said, hey man, you should uh, just try to write a song. And I was like, I can't write a song. What are you talking about? I'm not a songwriter, I'm not a writer. Oh, this is great. This is so great. Yeah, and then, and then she said, well, here, I'll give, you a, I'll give you a little trick. So take a song that you love and just basically take it and just rewrite the words. So that's kind of started it. And I, I kind of, um, I thought, oh yeah, okay. And then, so we just kind of played with that and we did it for a while. And then eventually she said, okay, here's the deal. Um, you want to keep working with me? You've got to do perform this. Basically, she just pushed me to face fears. And um, oh. what's the name of that place, Renee? What was that? Kulaks. Kulaks. Yeah. Wonderful venue in uh, North Hollywood. I think in North Hollywood. Um, and I had to get up there and, and sing and, Sing stuff I wrote, sing stuff I, which I think I did it like two or three times. You I did it uh, many times. And here's how I remember it. You came in, in my mind, I forgot that you weren't a songwriter. In my mind, you came in as a songwriter because now that you mentioned it, I forgot I met, I'm the one that said, why don't you write a song? Because once he started Crystal, he couldn't stop. He wrote so many songs. He always came in with a new song and he already knew how to play guitar. He was a great guitarist. So I just remember how meaningful his songs were and how not shallow. None of them were shallow. And one of them was about his grandpa. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, your heart was just overflowing with lyrics and music and, and you know, uh, and just heartfelt, beautiful sentiment, but that wasn't sentimental. It was deep. I, could, I had never met a songwriter like that. So in my mind, I forgot that you weren't a songwriter. I thought you came in as a songwriter. Now that you mention it, it's like, I forgot. And so that road did not take you long. You were a songwriter waiting to hatch. Right. Yeah, it seems clear. What was that shift like for you? Like going from that identity where you're like, I can't write songs. I don't. And then suddenly this outpouring. You know, um, and I know because Renee, I know Renee works a lot with, um, you know, I think Renee, you have your own kind of uh, um, the artist way. It's a big part of your life. And I know you've helped people through that and in terms of um, being a, a guide and, of that, and that sort of way. And I um, I don't know, I, look, I think so much about being a great teacher and which Renee certainly is. I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, look, it's been how many years, Renee, did you say eight years? And I, to me- six, six and eight. Yeah, it's like great teachers impact people way beyond ways maybe they don't know, maybe you do know Renee. You because it's not just about the thing you're teaching. Mm -hmm. It's about what the gift that you give in terms mm -hmm. of the, which is the bigger deal, which mm -hmm. is allowing a person to the 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 the, the space um, to feel safe enough to just open their heart. Yeah. Which I mean, my um, fiance always says she says you know she's also an actress and a, she's a beautiful singer. Uh, and she always talks about, you know, the world would be just a much different place if everybody just had a really good, like, acting class or, or art, really, you could say an artistic class, mm -hmm. because uh, where they were forced to, 
not forced, but encouraged, I should say, to, to open their heart and have it received in a way that wasn't, especially today. I mean, everything's so like, I mean, so angry. Um, and I just, you know, it, it's, it's cheesy to say this, but like speaking from the heart really matters. And when you have a teacher who, can, who knows how to facilitate a space where a person, no matter where they come from, what their background is, and usually like to the degree one can, uh, this is a, this is a, the prophet, um, Michael Lewis Gibran, that, that's, uh, I encourage anyone to read, but he talks about sorrow to the degree one can experience sorrow one can experience joy which is why we hear these great poets poems come from people that come from lives that you're just like wow but they've been to these places inside themselves and um you know it, it's it's it it changes people Te great teachers change people in ways beyond they probably never know maybe they do um especially artistic teachers because of what you are trying, what you facilitate for the person, um, which I am forever grateful for that, for that experience, um, Renee. I and hope you thank know. you. And now you are, you know, maybe not full time, but you're giving, you're a teacher now, and you're trying to facilitate and create space for people that don't have that in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, it was a surprising thing. There was a, there's a local agency uh in town called Heyman Heyman uh in Louisville and uh I had just reached out um through the encouragement of Christina my fiance and um and just said hey you know I'm just curious if there's any acting classes in in the city I'm you know I just would love to have the community of people um and there's things I would like to offer young people that I would have loved to you know I just wanted to take things I've learned and and uh share them mm -hmm. and uh yeah, it's a, it's 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 a true joy. I do enjoy teaching a whole lot. Um, it's something that I, because I know I know what it can do, um, and I know how many people really want to be actors or singers or dancers or whatever, especially in this town, yeah. that just don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, what do I do? Okay, I want to act. Okay, like most people, like one of my favorite questions: How do you remember all those lines? Yeah. Like if that, that is the easiest part of any of it, wow. you know, what to do. I mean, just so many people don't know what to do, where to get started. And Renee, my songwriting, I didn't know. Like, I, yes, I love music. I, I, I mean, who doesn't, but, um, you know, I many times dreamed about being a, a singer or whatever. I always said in another life, I'd come back to the country music singer. Um, <laughs> Which Renee says I've wasted my voice on country music, which she's not wrong. <laughs> no, I, have I take it back. I take it back. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 very sincere when it's not too commercial, right? Well, I think what you mean is that the the the, the what we found, especially the the range I can go. Oh yeah, because that's what you were alluding yeah. to. Not that there's anything wrong with country music. Um, yeah. More about that. Uh, your voices can be like rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. You have that high range with that hard, hard kind of sound if you want it. Um, but of course, your songs were not like full of um, screechiness. Your songs were so sincere and deep. And I feel like they were family oriented. 
and love related, you know, but they had more depth, I think, than I expected from a, an actor um, for some reason. And we always had talks, Crystal, about, and this was during my note, you know, when I was writing my book. And so we talked a lot about the, you know, the phoniness of LA and the um, commercialism and the, everything you and I talk about on the creativity talks. Yeah. And, and so it was weird to have someone who was sitting in that Petri dish of competition and, you know, all the bad things that you want to talk about LA, right? Um, in that Petri dish, but that could bring so much depth and um, true humanity and vulnerability to whatever work he was doing. Like, it wasn't just the song singing, it was the songwriting that would touch down. And we have our little lingo, we call that the internal realm. And so for um, Christina, your fiance, to bring up that idea that if everybody could just you know, take a art class or whatever, what, she, what she's saying is, if only everyone were in touch with their internal realm, mm. right. the world we would have. And I think Justin, you know, his point, your point, Justin, that you kind of have to reach in and, and touch the darkness a little bit in order to come out and embody a, a character that's meant to be multi-dimensional and not just kind of a flat, um, you know, kind of straw man of, of whatever they are, right? Um, how do you how do you reconcile that in a climate like in a culture like Hollywood where there is a lot of whatever you want to call it phoniness or commercialism and yet the art that you're practicing is is so deep in that it really requires that kind of embracing the darkness as a person do you know what I mean like how do you reconcile that with the culture and, and where does that get to exist well I, I think you know um it's a great question. I, I, I think again that for me it goes back to you make sure you have a space in which you are free to study the great plays. And I'm speaking for actors now. Study the great plays and do great work. And especially today, I mean, to be a young actor today in this Instagram, TikTok world, I, you know. Because I, the problem I had, the problem with what you're saying, it's, it's ex um, like, to me, social media has turned human beings into corporate brands. Yeah. And so we lose the individuality of a person because we're so concerned with what the outside says and thinks and what the narrative is. And can I just fit into the narrative and can I just fit in here? because you know we all want to have our tribe um and i just think that so it makes it even harder to go to these places that you know it, it just because you think oh well it doesn't look pretty and filtered and whatever um oh if i just had so many followers or oh if i just had so many of this mm -hmm. it's just all if I, if there's any young actors listening and i don't know if you're allowed to cuss on this thing but it's all bullshit it's just all bullshit <laughs> it doesn't help you as a human being mm -hmm. and for me the reason i'm still doing this even though i've had my ups and downs and i've had a, it's been a it's been a tough five years for me as an actor um just to not book and to get close on some things and then then you just the phone stops ringing for a while and then um just the uncertainty with it but the thing that's saved me the most 
is I've never lost that community of people that I feel safe and comfortable and the teacher like I have I'm it's on zoom but I still have it yeah because uh, he's in New York um um I've never lost that space where I'm I feel comfortable and safe to continue to explore what I want to explore and what I want to express um and I think that's that is just absolutely vital um, especially to actors and um, you know I, I know it's it's just it's really tough to be young but there's nothing more important than that. there's nothing more important than the work there's nothing more important no job no no award no nothing um, again his, his name's Carl Beery in, in New York and he's got this phrase and I, I just love it and he said you know and he's he's a brilliant teacher and he's a better actor I mean he's he's one of the better actors I've had the pleasure of watching and uh, he said, you know, the best work I've ever done is in front of tens of people because mm. it's just classroom. Mm. You know, I, I, it's such an important thing that he says because um, that's where the best times are anyway. When you're struggling and you're struggling with people together. I mean, I've been on the trailers and I've been fortunate enough to have, a, have to make, a, you know, to be successful um in the business and and get a little bit of get a little bit of love from casting directors or what have you and it's nice and it's great and it's awesome and and i people have been very kind to me but nothing touches the the the, the actual studying of the craft for me and i yeah. think that's how i deal with it i love that that's the true creativity too because you're not doing it for the likes you're not you're not putting the cart before the horse or however you want to phrase it. You have a real love for the art form itself, which is your connection to your creativity, which is, you said the word vital. It's vital. We need it. We need to be interacting with our creativity in whatever form that takes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I can't believe how fast that went. We're already 40 minutes past the hour. Oh, wow. <laughs> what do you want to add, Justin? You know, at the end of our little podcast, uh, Crystal does a meditation. Okay. So, or I guess meditation or a visualization of some kind. Yeah. And it sort of um, kind of loops everything together in an abstract kind of, um, I don't know, you can explain it better. It's more abstract. It's less heady and talky, you know, and it's just more embod in the body, embodied mm -hmm. in, in the creative practice that we talk about. But right. um, I feel like, you know, it did go fast and I didn't want to step on your toes. And so what else did you, what else can you tell us, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, this has been, I don't, I, there's nothing, I, I didn't really have anything planned or I, I was really looking forward to just, I had no expectation. I just, I was really looking forward to, to, to chatting and seeing you. And um, I think it's awesome that you're doing this and, uh, and your book. I, I need to, you have to, tell me what the book is so I can get it. Uh, yeah, I tell, us, tell us all, Renee. Tell us all what the book is. The book is called The Creativity Connection Slash Crossed Out Conundrum. And um, it's on Barnes and Noble. And it's all about what is creativity? Why are we creative? And how do we plug into our creativity and fit into the collective? And it's a very helpful, inspiring read even though it's a little harsh in the conversation. And I don't know if I use the word bullshit. I may, <laughs> I don't know, but it's a no. lot of the, a lot of, a lot of um, 
my research stemmed from some of our conversations at that time. So you were right there when I was trying to piece together what I was feeling, like what's going on in this culture. I don't get it because I'm, you know, 60. So it, it was all like, what is going on? So, and you know, you're at the, what are you, are you, a, what are you called? Are you called a millennial? I'm called, a, this is my, one of my these conundrum is that um, I'm 37. So, I mean, I, I think I'm in the front end of the millennial. So I, I, I didn't grow up with Google. You know, I didn't, I was 16 when the cell phone became available to people and it was emergency use only. Snake was the only game you could play. And uh, it was like to text it was like 10 cents a text. When I was in college, I was, you know, I call a buddy and he'd say, he text me, what's up? Dude, you just called me 10 cents. Just call me back. Why are you texting? Don't text me. <laughs> you know, Facebook was the first thing and you had to have an EDU address. So I, I'm not, I'm not your, t I, I don't fit into the millennial thing where I'm not good with technology. Um, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like it all. I don't like all that. I mean, it's nice at times, but I, I miss just the, flip phone i miss um you know i i don't need all the crap yeah yeah it is distracting i mean it is and i right. i um i you know I, I i we didn't have google we had ask jeeves you know i remember ask jeeves like that was google you know yeah uh, you know I, I i so i'm a millennial i guess technically right um, but, but i with millennial maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't consider yourself a digital native you're more of a digital immigrant Yes, that's a beautiful way of saying it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, when that culture shift happened, it's it's slapped me across the face, and obviously you felt it, Crystal. You are at the front end of it as well as as um. But like my youngest son Stevie was exactly thirteen when you know all the YouTube things started hitting, and people didn't watch TV anymore; they watched YouTube. So he's at twenty seven, twenty eight. So that 10 years between the two of you is a huge difference between even just my my first kid and my last kid, that 10 years and the internet. So with the internet came this confusion about how to produce your creativity and all that. So you and I were trying to process that in our, in our talks. And yeah. so, and Crystal and I, because of the age difference, because I'm 58, and you're, are you 32? I'm 33. 33. So that age difference is fantastic for our conversations because we're representing two demographics who are reacting with a very strong spiritual bent, um, regardless of if she's a millennial and I'm a baby boomer, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that common ground that we have just like really obsessing over what creativity is and how we're using it in technology, how we're using it in the arts, how we're using it person to person, solving problems. Um, and as we're going to go into our meditation, um, it's really been a, a good thread to connect people. And that's what creativity does. It connects us. Yeah. Mm. I love that point that you're making, Renee, that really creativity is, you know, kind of like life in the sense that it's going to flow wherever is available. So what, whatever technology is or isn't available, creativity is going to flow there. You know, like the cracks in the pavement getting filled with wildflowers like it's gonna it's gonna come alive no matter what whether it's TikTok or whether it's cave paintings you know Amen. Um, it's just innate so wow. yeah it is innate good word 
Um, thank you so much, Justin. I can't wait to keep catching up with you because this is not the end of it. You're such a doll and I love your spirit and your perspective because Kentucky is a very different place than LA. And um, it, it really shows just in your approach to, to saying things like fortunate and just to say such, so many positive things about your upbringing instead of instead of the other stuff that people say. So yeah. I, I yeah. applaud you for that as, a, as just a fellow soul or just keeping it um, really positive. And I, I tend to credit that to your parents and to Kentucky. Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks. It's, I, I, I'm so overjoyed to, to, to be here and see you. And, and I'm moving back to LA in the summer. Yes. So yeah, we'll um, see. I'll be in the area again. Okay, doke. Thank you, thank you. Right. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mute myself, Crystal. Okay, yeah, we can go ahead and get started with the meditation. So if you wanna turn off your camera, you're welcome to do that too. And let's just go ahead and let the eyes fall shut. Let the spine reach up toward the ceiling. Find a bit of spaciousness in the spine and in the body. And just let yourself be pulled downward by gravity. Relaxing into the breasts. Feeling the expansion of the breath on the inhalation and the contraction on the exhalation. Grounding yourself into the body, into this present moment, into the inner world that is the source, that's creative substrata for all of our desires, our expressions, our creations. Just centering yourself over and over and again with the breath. The breath is an anchor into this inner experience. And allowing whatever arises in that inner experience to be. So whatever's there is okay. Whatever narrative, whatever sensations, whatever experience. Is as it's meant to be. Embracing it as that rich soil that nourishes and feeds the creative life. Whether it's dark, whether it's light, whether it's good or bad, maybe even letting those distinctions dissolve. And coming into a sense of embracing it all.
And always returning the attention to the inhalation and the exhalation. Centering yourself in the experience of embodiment of being here in this body. Each moment fresh, new, and never to happen again. And as you focus on the breath, staying open to whatever comes up. Letting it arise without resistance without pushing it away or pulling it towards you. And just letting it be. Remembering that you can take this with you, this space of openness and neutrality and acceptance. Even as you start to bring yourself into the space that you're in, feeling the sit bones on your seat, And as you're ready, gently opening the eyes. Thank you both. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. Great. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.